said, Mister, take an inch and I'll give you a mile. I ain't here to do anything halfway. Don't give a damn what anyone might say. I just wanna free fall for a Midnight, he tells her, I ain't got no come on lies. Well, I love you, we're all toxic, we got nothing to lose but time. Stick your hand into my back pocket, I feel like a bottle rocket, I just want to free fall. Oh, there's really never perfect endings for a man like me. And even when I 
exactly what I asked for. I'm in the mirror, face to face, try to break down. I lock myself into the back door. And I'd be lucky to get out of this ghost town. I was never good at talking about my day. I'm always late, I don't know what to say. Even father told me, man, I'm Sunday, babe. It's all okay, life is just a game. My head is in the clouds, don't feel like coming down. I'm trying to escape my sorrows. My head is in the clouds, don't feel like coming down. I ain't got time for That's no Baby Jake and Head in the Clouds. And we've got the news headlines coming up in a few moments. Before that, let me just tell you the weather for today if you're out and about. Sunny periods and isolated showers in the afternoon. Mainly cloudy tonight. And there's going to be moderate easterly winds. The outlook, sunny intervals and a few showers in the next couple of days. And it's going to be slightly cooler on Friday morning. So there you go. And the temperature at the moment is 31 degrees with 70% humidity. Let's go over to the newsroom now for the news headlines. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says Hong Kong's legal system is as robust as ever under the new national security law, even after the resignation of an Australian non-permanent judge of the Court of Final Appeal. Justice Spiegelman reportedly told an Australian broadcaster he was stepping down for reasons related to the law. Mrs Lam also says the current social distancing measures will be extended until October the 1st. These include allowing bars and restaurants to operate until midnight, with four people per table in restaurants and two in bars. Mrs Lam says despite the steady drop in COVID-19 cases, there are still silent carriers in the community because there are sporadic infections with no known source. And a respiratory disease expert has welcomed the government's move, saying it's good to see it taking a more cautious approach compared to the way it handled the pandemic back in June. Professor David Hoy believes the government will need another week or two to assess whether or not it's appropriate to further relax its measures. I'll have more news at three.
mouth it's quite nice isn't it holiday in my head i was trying to find something very appropriate for my next guest time is 26 minutes to three o'clock and you are listening to the one two three show with me sadia Osmani, sitting in today for noreen she will be back tomorrow now i think we're all getting kind of itchy feet to travel and it looks like it's going to be a little bit longer before we can start actually thinking about it but that does mean that we can start thinking about say planning our holidays so what better way to feed that traveling bug than to check out what's on offer and to plan our future holiday my guest in the studio now is Violetta Polesi she's a journalist tour guide and avid cook she's written a number of guidebooks including city trail guides to Hong Kong the Netherlands and Sudan and let me welcome her into the studio good afternoon to you Good afternoon. Thank you for having me here. It's lovely to have you. And I think it's it's kind of refreshing because I think holidays are on our mind and we're all kind of thinking we'd like to go on holiday. So now, you know, you've got quite a, a nice portfolio of these lovely trail guides. So what made what started this off for you to write trail guides? I'm, you know, first traveling and then uh, more or less 10 years ago, I'm... I decided I want to do, you know, write my own travel guides, guides that uh, be different for what is uh, was currently, uh, you know, at the time of the market. So we want, I want, I decided that, you know, so many people travel, but not just for pleasure. They also move one country in order to to leave. Mm-hmm. And every time, because I lived in about ten countries so far, every time I moved, I always bought the guidebook myself. But then I was always looking in the guidebook for some extra information that you, that someone moving somewhere may want to know, like not just uh, what you can do on your free time, you know, what are the best spots somewhere, but uh, that combined to all the information uh, regarding where the nicest place to live or to be based if you're a tourist or uh, information, what can you do just apart from tourist spot in a country or where can you do some authentic stuff that maybe tourists that just go for very short time to a destination cannot, uh, you know, have the time to do. So at the time uh, we were living in Sudan and, um, you know, um, I decided there was no something like that. There was time to create something that was a bit different and then all started there. And since then, you know, I moved country to country and I wrote all the guidebooks and... uh, yeah, and that, that's a good way of doing it, actually, because I think you only get to know a place once you actually live there and you experience some of the things. Yeah, exactly. You know, so many times, you know, <laughs> sorry to say, but, you know, a lot of people just um, write guidebooks when they go two, three weeks somewhere or a month. It's a question of budget, they do understand. But I believe that in order to write a guidebook, you need to be living there for some time. You know, it's impossible to drive like every restaurant that you advise on the guide if you're not been living there for a number mm, of years, mm. you know, no, <laughs> you become very fat time on them when once. I'm a, a so. firm believer in that, you know, it's through the experience that you yeah. find out. I mean, I've been living in Hong Kong 
four years and in, the, in that four years I've learned so much about it that now I think yes I could possibly write a guidebook but even now I don't think I have enough knowledge about it but do you think that things like you know actual physical guidebooks do you think there's still a sort of market for them people still want to actually hold a book and go on holiday and then open it as they go and check things or are they kind of they just kind of google mad now really they just check google out and see I what think a do. lot of people uh, want to believe that they find all the information online but you know it's hard to decipher all, isn't it hard to but get I think through. for my experience a lot of information online I know even you know I would say I advertised even you know a lot of time because you know sometimes some reviews and you know a lot of the reviews are not real you ask friends and family yeah. or you pay someone to write them and what we try to do in for our guidebook we really you know we don't accept any money or anything for writing any good reviews we really try and um to try things and write exactly what we believe in for our experience because when you read a comment online uh it could be anyone you know it could be someone who never traveled before it doesn't have the experience or even a review in the restaurants you know uh i as you said i'm really passionate about cooking so when i suggest a restaurant in one of my guy uh, you know when i write them that means it's a good restaurant you know yeah. you can trust it you can go there you're going to enjoy the food i would you trust eat. you i would <laughs> trust you completely because you were on my show you were cooking and you are a good cook so therefore that always makes a difference that if somebody who knows food is actually then writing about it and saying well this is a good restaurant yeah. so so now these guidebooks what are the key things included when you put together a, a you know travel guide like this what are the key things obviously food is one thing what are the other things that you want to make sure that people know about um we do we do write about also culture and the cultural differences between you know mainly Europe and the country we write about and even like I wrote a guy book about the Netherlands and you think you know I'm Italian you know and my husband is British you think the culture is similar it is similar but it's also a lot different so are you really interested in all these little things and make also your life when you move somewhere or when you go somewhere much easier you experience yeah the you then, experience you? but yeah. also you know you understand the difference why things are different in one place and another like um not things though you may think that things work the same you know in one country or another even for the you know as i said our guidebook is also aimed to expats and the um rental market you know it works very differently in every country in europe you know or also in hong kong and it's good to know for avoid um, um scams or bad situation or you know it's good to know you know all these little uh, details that you will not know if you just move somewhere. So so what are your kind of top tips say if we look at Hong Kong for people some say coming to Hong Kong um what would you say are the kind of three key things in terms of the culture that people should be aware of just generally as they step into Hong Kong and they're going to be going around what should they be aware of? Um be aware of I mean I can think of some cultural difference that uh, you know like in the way things are done like um, I always find fascinating how when you enter in a restaurant you know you you know you're given some tea but the tea is actually not for drinking but for clearing you know for cleaning <laughs> well, the, I drink it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no you can also drink but sometimes they give you something to be stronger you know yeah. and just to very hot to clean your uh, chopsticks that's and very your hong kong isn't stuff. it yeah that's right and uh, you know initially you know <laughs> unless you know you think that tea is just for drinking you know you wouldn't yeah. think of pour some sure. tea you know on your chopsticks absolutely uh but also you know certain things you may find um uh 
I don't want to say a rude in other countries, but you know, as a how, not British, but I mean, my in British, like you always say sorry and etc. Here, sometime when they bump to you in the <laughs> MCR, they wouldn't say sorry. But I don't see now as I mean the rude. It's part of the culture, yeah. you know. It's the busy life, you know. It's the metropolitan, etc. Yeah. So. Um, that is not the little things that you you know you're not going to and think. it's good to make people aware of them because i mean people come in with certain expectations and they think and then they just think oh why don't they do this you know yeah. this is not right so no that's really important um and i think it's so important because you it takes you time before you learn it when you come here anyway yeah uh, for example you know like when you move somewhere it's very important to understand that uh, i don't know the the fees for i don't know um, estate agents mm -hmm. You know, you can negotiate them. So you don't know. You think, ah, okay, I need to pay half for the, the rental fee. Oh. But actually, you don't. You know, it's very common in Hong Kong to negotiate the fee. And then you can save a lot of money by knowing in advance. But normally, you find out after your second rental contact or your third one, oh. you know. I think it's more of a life guide compared to a travel <laughs> guide. Then I think we could do with some of those tips. You're also now working on a specific one for children because you actually do have a son who's five years old. So tell me a little bit about this. Guide. Yes, after I finished the guidebook uh, to Hong Kong, I decided, you know, I, I talked to a lot of parents, you know, I've been parents myself, and a lot of them with busy job didn't know, and they would say, ah, I don't know what there is to do in Hong Kong. And I think, honestly, Hong Kong is a fantastic place for children and for parents. So I decided to compile a guide that it's a, a reference guide to have a, a great time basically, for your family and children, you know, in Hong Kong. It's... um. Uh, it's called Hong Kong for Kids Family Outings, and they explain uh, all there is to do, uh, depending on the weather, if you want something outdoor, indoor, and it's supposed to make your life, uh, you know, and your trips stress-free. So there are all the advice you would like to know from someone, not just like, ah, go there, you know, just an advice, but you would like to know if there are any restaurant nearby, any facilities, that, you know, that I can use, child anything friendly, yeah, child friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and um, what else can I do? Because sometimes you take children some, somewhere now to play, <laughs> <laughs> but you also would like to do maybe something a bit more cultural sure. or you would like to see something else. So I always try to advise and combine uh, these two factors together. So sometimes even myself, when I go and my son say, okay, let's go and see that. And then we do these sort of things with you. And both of them, it can be fun. You know, you bond with your children child when he's happy doing something but he's also learning something with you when you take him to uh, to see a new place a new spot and it's really good that you know since you're taking your son to these places you can actually ask him what did you think of this and it's yeah, almost I like you've got yeah. a testimonial there to tell <laughs> it's you. always you know he can yeah give because you um, sometimes also parents get excited about something and maybe kids <laughs> aren't so he's actually i always make sure that i take him everywhere and also see you know you can see how he reacts of course no everyone is different but you can kind of see how a child would react you observe all the children nearby what the, how they are and etc great so. well maybe you can write another one too for because i've got a 25 year old son <laughs> living with me at the moment so it might be quite nice to put in a guide too which kind of then covers the the 25 year old and what he should be doing <laughs> to keep out of my hair <laughs> no but uh hong kong has really a lot to offer that you will not notice like in um 
Oh, no, before the imagery that we have Hong Kong before moving here, it's always like skyscraper, a big city, and the fact that Hong Kong has 40% just national parks yeah. and um, it's, it's all green and beautiful hiking and a lot of sports I didn't expect, a lot of water sports and uh, archery and uh, rock climbing Gosh. and all these things that, you know, you can suggest to your son. Yeah, but I can just see generally. why you're right, travel guide. It's okay. All right. And the other thing that you do is you're actually a licensed tour guide. Yeah. So that's quite interesting because I mean, um, you know, uh, what I mean at the moment, I suppose, with COVID, things are pretty slow where that's concerned. But, <laughs> so the tour guide, tell me a little bit about that. Where are you taking people? Um, I mean, it all started. You know, how I became tour guide is because you know I thought I know so so much about Hong Kong. I said, why not make the most of it and try to learn and be more and take people to all these places and most people don't get to know because they only come go to the most well-known spots without really having the time or or the knowledge or this be more remote areas so where i take them you know it's always tailor-made so i try to get um to know to ask some information to um, and what uh, are we guests. talking about in terms of people what kind of guests are you taking who are the people coming and they get in touch with you and then they organize the group or how does it work um, generally, you know, it would be through um, either travel agency, you know, and then contacting me. Yeah, generally, it's like that. And uh, they will ask for an Italian guide or someone who can speak English or Dutch or the language that I speak. So I take them around and I will always ask, you know, what do you like? You know, because everyone is different. You know, some people like uh, food, yeah, <laughs> food, shopping, you know, seeing, you know, nature so or people come to Hong Kong. They may like uh, um you know more like city life mm -hmm. so i try to understand what they like and then i will take them to i suggest you know in advance some spots and um some people will say yeah that is normally they will say oh, that is great program and then i will take uh, to this destination so i tend to show them a little bit with uh, both like local culture uh sceneries great place for uh, picture good food and you know a mixture all of these of you course. must have had some very interesting requests over the time is there any one particular one that stands out to you thinking mm, they want me to do that or <laughs> they want to go there i mean uh i had um, a couple it was very nice but they asked me to um, do a, a big hike you know in some beautiful spot for uh, waterfall through mountains etc but it was in the middle of august with you know <laughs> 33 degrees oh my and it's very hot and you know so i did take them and it was fantastic but i did i did um um call them many times in advance because you can ask you know how old are you are you fit it's a bit, you know mm. not the kind of question you want to ask but you want to make sure that your guests are happy and healthy and you're not good nothing's going to happen to them you know when in the middle of mantle but then i it's the only moment i think i thought mm, have, <laughs> what's have there going been to happen? any kind of challenges like you know obviously that's a bit of a challenge because you've got to organize an itinerary based on the weather and things like that but has there yeah, been the a challenge been during the protest yeah yeah <laughs> because you know you know they have an itinerary they have a certain expectation but of course my first priority is their safety mm -hmm. so i had to change even the last minutes you know to some whatsapp group they inform me where things you know where the protest was heading to there to change some uh places at the last minute so i suggest some options and uh, you know if they are happy with that we go ahead or suggest more places mm -hmm. 
Okay, so, so now, you know, we're in a situation now with COVID where everyone's wanting to go and see something, do something. Um, has it really, it's probably affected you quite a lot in terms of the tour I mean, guides there are no tourists in Hong Kong. Yeah. Of course, you know, there are so, still some tours or, you know, local you know, people or foreigners, expats, they would like to explore, you know, since they cannot travel, they would like to see a bit more of Hong Kong themselves. And uh, although some places you can go there by yourself or that you would like to hear by someone that is uh, knowledgeable and then maybe further along places where you cannot get there easily. Um, yeah, so I will take uh, them. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's uh, much yeah, less common now. It's quite but. hard. Now, you've lived um, in a number of places, Sp- Spain, France, Belgium, USA, UK, Sudan, Vietnam. I've got it listed here in front of me, <laughs> Portugal and Netherlands. Out of all those places, and you speak English, Italian, French, Spanish, everywhere you've gone, you've just learned the language, which is absolutely I fantastic. I think it's part of the That's understanding great. of a culture. I'm yeah. still struggling, just trying to get a few words of Cantonese. Out of all the places that you have lived, um, which place kind of stays in your mind in terms of that you really, you know, you got so much out of it or you really enjoyed it? Or I mean, a place is made out a lot of the people also you sure. meet. You know, a place can be beautiful, but, you know, if in one or two years you don't meet very good friends, maybe it's not going to leave you the same impression mm-hmm. as another place. Uh, and not because I'm here, but one of the places I'm most in love with is Hong Kong, because I think it's uh, as a, the greater balance between nature and the city. I was born in a city, so I like certain things and, uh, you know, to have a supermarket nearby and other things. But at the same time, I love, love nature. So you, the fact you can just go, you know, out for an afternoon and be so out of the city that you feel that you're somewhere else just in the forest or hiking or, or in the beach is something unique to Hong Kong but of course you know I love so many other places for all the reason you know would you would you consider yourself as more of a city girl compared to a sort of country girl if you had a choice between living in the rural you know in the lovely new territories where you've got lots of sort of um, lovely um, landscapes there or in the city center why where do you where are you inclined I mean I'm not I don't live in Hong Kong Island just because, uh, you know, I choose um, a strategic place. So I live in, uh, you know, in the area of Chankwano because I can reach Saikun and all this area very easily. So it's all just, accessible uh, to you. And then and also rich. not too far away from Hong Kong Island. So I like both. I, th- I don't think I could just live in a city with no nature, but at the same time, I love art. So I love, I mean, I haven't been able to go because of COVID, but I love, uh, you know, theater and all things. So without any of these, I would definitely miss this part of the, mm. you know, Yeah, I love life. the hustle and bustle. I just, uh, I just like being where there's a lot of activity, lots of noise. And I just think it's great just to jump on a bus to go to the other side. But it's nice. You know that you've got that option and, and very quickly you can be yeah, in exactly, an open space. Exactly, because Hong Kong, Hong Kong is, that is what I like about that. Yeah. You can be a bit out but you know in an hour or you know you can be in totally the center. different yeah. place. that's right <laughs> yeah. okay and finally let me just ask you i know that you are a good cook and you enjoy cooking um in your travels um what have you picked up what's the main things you picked up on the on the food side of things and cooking um Every place I go and I lived, I always try to learn local recipes. So I love, for example, Vietnamese food. Mm-hmm. So when I live there, I really try to learn. So when, and when you live somewhere, you ask your local friends and every day, you know, or every month they will teach something new and I always try to replicate it at home. So all, um, 
Oh, you're one of those who goes to a restaurant or somewhere and you look at it and think, mm, I know how to make I know that. <laughs> I enjoy that too. Yeah, so I try to order things that I don't know how to cook. <laughs> and then you look at them and think, I'm going to replicate this at home yeah, and yeah. it's going to be If I like something, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah I'll I like to hear it. that. Violetta, thank you so much for your time today and it's been really great. And obviously, uh, if people go to my Facebook page, they can have a look at some of the links and they can actually see some of your books. So thank you ever so much. Now, what any any kind of, once this COVID thing is lifted, have you got any destination in mind that you want to go to? Uh, yeah, I mean... First to go to Europe to see our family, but mm-hmm. after that, I like to go to New Zealand. Always been on my top list to place okay. to go, and uh, you know, <laughs> we hope to be able to do that. Well, year. I hope so. Thank you ever thank so you much. Thank you so much for thank you.